The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Through a mix of solo and interview episodes, I want to showcase all the different ways the spirit world helps guide our daily lives, whether it's through intuition, signs, mediumship, channeling, the mystical, or the paranormal, our altruistic spirit guides and other members of our loving soul team are always there, ready, able, and willing to guide us. We are back with another episode of A Guided Life podcast, and I have with me my two favorite witches. I have astrologer and neurospicy witch Evelyn Sevilla and psychic and witch Imbal Honigman joining me today to talk about Halloween from the witch's perspective. Hello, ladies. Thanks for joining me again. Hi, Laura. Hi, Laura. So I first wanted to start by saying the last time we recorded together was around springtime. So we celebrate spring for a long time because witches are very excited about going outdoors. So we have the spring equinox. Six weeks later, we have May Day, which is Beltane. Six weeks later, we've got the summer solstice. We're a very festive source. We don't yeah. just wait for sort of twice a year to celebrate. We <laughs> go through the entire wheel of the year and we're excited about every turn and twist. So excited. What I loved about that episode, so you guys all have to go back and check it out. We talked about Beltane and we talked about, I don't know, not the opposite of it. So Beltane is about birth and life. And then we've got Samhain, Halloween, about death and all that interesting stuff. So here we are now. I thought it would be fun to be on the other side of that coin, meet and talk about Samhain, our favorite holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, well, to get us started, can we talk a little bit about what Samhain even is? So Samhain is the new year for witches. That's our witchiest time of year. We think of it as the time when the veil is the thinnest. So the veil between the worlds of men where we live all our lives and between the other side where we (laughs) live. exist in our ethereal selves, the veil between the worlds is the thinnest. So when we want to ask for things, Halloween, Samhain is a great time because our desires and wishes and manifestations and spells will be heard better. And also for absorbing information, doing readings and uh, predictions for the coming year is very potent at Halloween as well. Oh, wonderful. Evelyn, do you have anything that you want to add to that? Well, I think it's a great time as we prepare everything for that time when, like you said, when the veil 
is the thinnest and where we are closest to life and death almost with this time of year being about death and transformation. Those are a lot of things I think of, even though for me, it's always been a wonderful time because where I live this time of year is when I would harvest almost. That's when everyone would come back in. So it brought me a lot of joy. I always love this time of year because it literally felt like the beginning of my year for whatever I might be doing, (laughs) you know, whatever interest I might have at that point. But I think it's just a beautiful time to really, it's a time when we all are okay with being witchy and exploring a little bit more. And I think that's the fun part of it. People are a lot more open to things. And now they are even more so, I believe. So there's more of a platform for it. Thank you. (laughs) Well, Evelyn, so what do you mean by more witchy? What does that mean to you? It's not as uncommon to talk. Well, I guess for me, it's just not, I never feel like I have to say anymore, well, you're going to think this is crazy that I'm telling you this, but it just feels a lot more like people are more open to things and they're having fun. It's a a time to explore. And sometimes people go off the deep end, especially here. A lot of us like in the States, I hate to say, but we, you know, and hey, listen, I'm not one to judge, but we love to also, and I think it's wonderful because it's like, okay to be like that sacred prostitute too. It's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to wear these fishnets, these high heels. I'm just going to wear it. So I love that. And I love, uh, I don't know, just thinking about the history of things. So I guess that's it. It's almost like anything goes, anything goes, right? Exactly. Exactly. It really links with the nature year because as Evelyn mentioned, it is the time of harvest. It's the time of the third harvest in August. So during Lunasar, another witchy holiday, see, they're all over the shop. During Lunasar, we've got the time of the fruit harvest. And then at the time of the autumn equinox at fall, we've got the time of the grain harvest, the barley, the corn. And then at Sawain, it is the time of the meat harvest. That's when farmers would take the cows to the abattoir and that's how people would have meat for winter. So it is a harvest. It's the final harvest. And actually to sort of throw it right back to Evelyn, who is an expert on astrology, this is the very essence of Scorpio season. Oh, absolutely. That is so about death and rebirth and allowing yourself to be out there and to be more gothy. So I actually, (laughs) I'm going to use it for my own interest to pump Evelyn for information. What is to you Scorpio season? It's funny you say that because there has been this fire that has lit inside of me recently because my son is there. I think that's why. On Monday, tomorrow, we start Scorpio season. We're obviously recording this on another day on the 22nd of October, but tomorrow starts Scorpio season. And there's just this depth. The days are getting darker and it's just getting cooler. It is all about just going a little bit deeper. It doesn't have to be so spring and flighty. I guess I hate to say that, but we can just go into the depths of things. With this season right now, we're going to have Mercury, the sun, and Mars all in Scorpio. 
So that should be for a fascinating time to discuss things or really explore things and explore that witchy side. If you're called to do that, then definitely do that and do whatever it is that you're called to. If you happen to be called to cards or today I was watching something about Ouija board on the Discovery Channel. Isn't that crazy about a Ouija board museum? You see, so all of these things pop up during this time of year where people are exploring things that are more of the esoteric realm, I think. And it's open to all of us. And so people just almost like want to peek in through that door. You know, I almost see like this big wooden door with the metal parts going down and someone going, oh, what's in there? I want to see. So I think it's a great time to explore a little bit more all those sides and not be afraid of them. Yeah. Again, like anything goes. So we mentioned death a lot. Are we talking literal death or figurative death? So within the esoteric world and even within the wheel of the year, there is no death without rebirth because at the end of Scorpio season, nothing stops. You'll always go into Sagittarius season. And at the end of winter, it doesn't stop. You'll always go into spring. And so at Sawain, we've got the absolute wane, the absolute death of the year. And the immediate second after that, you've got the rebirth of a new year. And that kind of cycle. There's no night without day. There's no winter without summer. There's no death without a rebirth. This is also the season to shed off the skin. So what you're allowing to die is the stuff that didn't really need to be with you anymore anyway. So if for summer, you've assumed a mask of, I don't know, being okay with everybody, whereas actually you're somebody who likes to be blunt, then during Halloween, that mask is going to end up in the bin where it should have been in the first place, and you will be your own true self. It's more about, like Evelyn said, transformation than death. And as witches, we are very comfortable with death because we don't just believe in an afterlife as a religious concept. We know (laughs) we have good relationships with the people that have gone beyond, uh, that have gone before us. We have good relationships with our ancestors. And so Death is not a frightening concept for us, and it's not something that we try not to mention in polite conversation. Death is another portal, just like any other portal. Absolutely. I have a funny story. So I was at a dinner party, and I don't know how this came up, but I said, you know, it's just so strange that people are so uncomfortable talking about death. We're all going to have to do it. We've all done it. Many <laughs> you know, silence. You know, it's like that's that Aquarius shock factor. But it is something that we are very comfortable with. It was just as a Scorpio. For me, there was a lot of death involved in my life from the very beginning, from a very young age, when I had a cousin of mine die. He was murdered. I was raised Catholic, and 
I thought for sure he was going to like some really bad place because they kept crying and everything. I went around the corner. I lived in New York City and there was, I think it was like a black Baptist church or something. They were having a funeral and they were all dancing and having a great time. And it totally changed. I was like, oh, that's where I want to go. Okay. Can we arrange for that? And so it changed and it continued to be like such a large part of my life. For those that have suffered with someone with Alzheimer's in their life, they'll understand. But my grandmother, the day she died, I was so happy. I got her back. She was no longer in this realm. She was already going, and I was telling her to go because they were calling her. It's one of those things. It's like, okay, I get you back this way. I get you back whole. So there's nothing to be scared of as far as death especially like when it comes up, and I'm sure that we all feel this way in Ball as well. When death comes up in a tarot reading, I love it. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, yay! You know, people are like, oh my gosh. You know, it's like, no, no it's not that bad. You know, it's like actually really great. It's really just seeing that it's not that between life and death, we just have to be able to look a little deeper and then things start to pop up within our vision, I think, or whatever it is our clairs are that we're gifted with. Yeah. I mean, not to say that we still mourn like the physical loss oh, yeah, now that absolutely. we're on the topic of death. You know, right. we don't mourn the physical, right? But yeah, there is something to be said about a knowing that their soul does continue on and is still with us. So going back to Halloween, for many people who celebrate The night of Halloween is about passing out candy, getting candy, dressing up in costume, partying, trick-or-treating, whatever the case may be. But there's some sort of celebration with that that happens every year. From your guys' perspective, I want to hear from each of you what sort of rituals or practices that you guys have individually on Halloween night. This is especially for any UK viewers and listeners, because there is this misconception in the UK as if Halloween is like an American invention that got commercially brought over. And that could not be further from the truth. Samhain was a Celtic festival. It came from Ireland. There were no pumpkins. There were turnips. And if anyone has had the bad fortune of seeing the carved turnip, you would know exactly why it's connected to a terrifying holiday, because it makes you think, you know what, maybe death is not the worst. Maybe death is not the worst. I'm going to have to look that up. Maybe turning into a carved yeah. turnip is the ultimate terrifying <laughs> thing. The tradition of it was all about death and ghouls and ghosts. So the candy that would have been handed out was <laughs> in order. Yeah, I can see that Laura's found the carved Holy. turnips on her phone and now she's rethinking it. everything. Rethinking the whole thing. Just Google it. So the carved turnips would have been placed outside the door to scare away the spirits that came to terrify at Halloween. The candy would have been given again to negotiate the release of any stolen spirits. So actually, all the super commercial modern traditions around Halloween are 
exactly the way that it would have been. It just got redressed for a younger audience. So at Halloween, I get my kids dressed up. I go trick-or-treating. I don't count it as a commercial thing at all. On the contrary, I feel like finally I can be out and proud and witchy and everybody's along with me. And one of my favorite things to do at Halloween is themed foods. And again, it's kind of in its infancy in the UK because people are really struggling to get on board all the joyfulness because it is stormy here and horrible at Halloween. And we have done trick-or-treating in the pouring rain before. Oh yeah, that would be hard. (laughs) Get your mask on, we're going. So I love my themed foods. I'm vegetarian, so it'll be like toast with tomato puree on and then I'll put cheese on it that's like mummy stripes or I'll have veggie meatballs and I'll put like pretzel sticks on the sides to make them look like spiders or again with the veggie meatballs I'll put like sliced olives on them to make them look like eyeballs or I'll get individual pizzas and draw scary faces on them that I do with the children and I am so hugely sorry, not sorry about it, because I feel like that's a chance for me to celebrate. The only thing I don't do is that I don't dress up witchy for the trick-or-treating because that's kind of their moment and I'm still a witch no matter what I wear. And it's something that's really important for me. Even if I'm in like my mom uniform with the black boots and the jeans tucked into boots and and a black hoodie at all times, I'm still a witch. It doesn't matter if I'm in my mom uniform. But when they go to sleep, a couple of important traditions of Halloween is doing a reading for the year ahead because the veil is the thinnest. So just pulling a few cards either to see what suggestions, what advice, what guidance there is for the year ahead or actually checking out what's going to happen. And another lovely, lovely tradition for Halloween is the Feast of the Dead, not altogether Unlike the Day of the Dead that Mexicans and Mexican-Americans would celebrate, and that is feasting with the departed. So sitting down either for a silent meal, so it doesn't have to be food because they're dead, they don't worry about the food, but having like seats for them and inviting them or setting an extra seat at the table for your regular dinner. And there's a lovely way that we call them to come, which is just ringing with a bell. And that's supposed to make them find you more easily in the dark. I have checked with Mexican-American friend and the bell is definitely not part of the Day of the Dead. So I don't know exactly where we, I want to say, stole it from. But that's something that's quite widely practiced within Wicca. And I find it really adorable. And that's one of my favorite things because I love bells. And also my name means bell. Oh, In bell is like the string and ball inside the bell. So it's the musical name, which is hilarious if you ever hear me sing. (laughs) It's funny because I love bells. I love hearing church bells. It is something I love to do. It brings me a lot of comfort. So whenever I go somewhere... And I hear those big church bells ringing. It brings me, it's so strange. So I never knew that about your name. Yeah. You would love my house. The church here do bell practice every Thursday, like between seven and eight. 
That's amazing. Incredible. You must get a lot of people, Laura, in your area because you are so close to Mexico. Are there any large celebrations there that take place on, you know, the Day of the Dead? Yeah, there are. We have Old Town, which is down near the city of San Diego. And I believe celebration takes place there. I've never attended myself, so I'm not exactly sure where they all happen. But yeah, definitely. It's a big deal here when you go to the Halloween store to buy things. They've got a whole section for Day of the Dead items. And it's definitely a big deal. Some people will dress up as that. I remember my daughter had a Girl Scout event where that was the theme of it. So it's definitely a big event here in Southern California. And the leaving out the place setting for the spirits who have passed, we do that on Memorial Day, where a place setting is left out for the soldiers who had fallen or missing in action. So there's different items on the table that represent different things. So the table is round to show everlasting concern for the fallen and the missing. The table set for one, It's small, symbolizing the frailty of one prisoner alone against his or her suppressors. It's a white tablecloth, symbolizing the purity of their intentions to respond to their country's call to arms. There's a single red rose, which reminds us of the life of each of our fallen and the loved ones and friends who miss them each and every day. The vase is tied with a red ribbon, which is a symbol of our continued determination to remember our fallen and find our missing. Slices of lemon on the plate to remind us of the bitter fate of those who will never return. Pinch of salt symbolizes the tears endured by the friends and families of those who have fallen and those who have not returned. Inverted wine glass, so it's upside down because they can't toast with us at the time empty chair. They're no longer with us. And then the candle is reminiscent of the light of hope, which lives in our hearts to illuminate their way home from their captors to the open arms of a grateful nation. There's something about that that really moves me. Reminds me of Passover in Ball. I don't know if that reminds you at all, too, but there's some characteristics. And it's the same, but exactly the opposite of Passover, because Passover is the biggest table you can imagine. And the larger it is, the more the blessing is. But at Passover, you do leave a glass of wine for Prophet Elijah, which is a tradition. It's not exactly sort of religious. It's more of a tradition. What's interesting, though, is that the UK Remembrance Day is the Sunday closest to the 11th of the 11th. So still at Scorpio season, 11-11, and the siren to commemorate them goes off at 11 in the morning. So that's, I think, a really interesting coincidence. Now, I've got a funny story about it. Don't know if it's like super appropriate, but if you can imagine the worst place to be when trying to avoid Remember Sunday. So I tend to try and avoid like too much of anything. So in the run up to Christmas, I've got four children. So we have all their Christmas performances, all their gymnastics Christmas performances, their trampolining Christmas performances, their pantomime. It's all going on. So as we creep up towards me taking over when school's out and I take over, I try to do as many outings as possible that are not Christmassy because it's too much. So When it came to Remembrance Sunday one year, I was like, what's the best place to go? Let's go and see Nana. My husband's grandmother was in a nursing home. Turns out 
worst place to be for Remembrance Sunday because everybody there, everybody had lost a father or a husband or a brother or had had somebody who went to war and came back. Of course, of course. So we went in there at 11. Because that was kind of our nursing home visit hour. We came there at 11 and the TV room was full from wall to wall. And the ladies, there was a lot more women than men in the nursing home, were clutching photographs of their dads. They're watching on TV and whichever shambolic government we had at the time, which is hard for me to recall. This is about eight years ago and we've had a series of shambolic governments one after the other. But whichever shambolic government was on, they were struggling to sing all the hymns and you could see the camera speeding past them because they didn't know any of the words. All the nursing home residents knew every last word of every hymn without a song sheet or anything. So we went right there into the middle of the grieving. In a way, it was awesome. It was incredible to share in their remembering and they had those funny stories that they would tell. And it was amazing to be there when the energy and that connection to the ancestors was on such a high, such a deep level. So it ended up being extraordinary. But my plan of just being not too festive and trying to avoid it was a huge failure, spectacular failure. We're obviously meant to be there when you were there. It was incredible. And we came with a baby as well. So the whole death and rebirth was just out of this world. Well, what I love is that we're actually... (laughs) But we're having this conversation, even though it's supposed to be about Halloween, but everything happens for a reason because two weeks from when this airs will be our 11-11 Veterans Day, which will be close to your Remembrance Day. So we're on par for that. So there's no mistakes when it comes to spirit and where conversations are meant to be directed. So I love this little tangent that we went off on. So to reel us back in now, I love the themed food items and stuff. It's very Pinterest of you, Imbal. You should post some of your creations. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. The irony is that on principle, I don't post food on my Instagram because I think it's such cheap clickbait. Everyone eats all the time. Come Halloween, you want to follow me for photos of my food. One time I did a cucumber salad and I cut the circular slices and I cut little pumpkin faces out of all the cucumbers. I was so proud of it. (laughs) Wow. You should be. That's very time consuming. (laughs) It was absolutely worth it. It was absolutely worth it because when it comes to mom cookery, I'm really lazy. I won't make anything that takes longer than half an hour. So once a year, carving little circles out of the poor cucumber. The poor cucumbers didn't know what hit them. They were like, what is with this lady and her (laughs) knife? (laughs) I love it. Evelyn, what sort of Halloween night traditions or rituals do you have? Well, growing up in New York City, there was always my favorite time of year. We would get to go trick-or-treating and I loved it. I think this is a great point for me to bring up something that there was a time when we grew up and I'm going to be 51 on the 9th of November. Okay, so it's great to get dressed up, but please 
be considerate of others and be careful of what you wear. There are so many different costumes you can wear. We are in a time where we should all be familiar to not do any cultural appropriation or anything like that. But as a child, I dressed up as a Romani and I loved it. I felt so empowering. But like I said, this was another time. And this is why I'm talking about this too. Just be respectful of that. There are so many things that when that occurs, brings up like bad parts that are trying to be released and not connected to that. So that's what I love to do. And when Bella was little, my daughter, who's now 19, we lived in a condo and it was hard to trick or treat. So now I live in a house and we have kids all around. So you better believe the witch is going to be out there with her candy, watching all the kids come through so many children and they're all dressed up and it's wonderful to see a lot of new moms too. I live in Florida, so it is, you know, we're just praying that the weather might be cool enough that we might be able to wear some of these costumes that are so hot. I'm sorry, in <laughs> Oh no. I love doing that because it reminds me of my own childhood. And at that time, we just wore whatever we had. That was a fun thing. So that's what I love to do. But I also do like to do a reading because it is like a new year. I'd like to do a deeper reading as well this year for sure. I'm going to be thanking a lot of goddesses that helped me through Venus retrograde because it was happening in my house of relationships and it decided to like just throw me for an absolute loop. So I'm going to take that time also to thank my ancestors that I felt there during a difficult time and give that offering to the goddesses that have helped me through this time. Hecate being one of them. I got a dog gifted to me right at the time that I needed it, a little puppy. And so it's wonderful to have that connection, especially with the veil being so thin. It's a wonderful time. And I just feel so connected because my grandmother and I were very close and she is a Libra. I am a Scorpio and Bella's a Sagittarius. So all together we're there. It's like all of this fun stuff. And after Scorpio season, we always need a little Sagittarius a lightning. <laughs> yeah, just be aware that what was okay before is not okay now. I just thought that's always important to bring up sometimes as well. Um, there's so many different ways to be able to celebrate this time of year. I've really never played with a Ouija board, so I am considering playing around with that a little bit to experiment, but I never have. Yeah. Well, we could do a whole other topic on that, I'm sure, and a whole right, other right. episode. Right. I would love to do another so, episode on goddesses, too, because I think that there's so many of them out there, and that would be really fun. So anyway, yes, that would be great. So before we wrap up today's discussion, is there anything else that you guys wanted to touch upon that we haven't yet? It's going to be very witchy. As I mentioned earlier, because we are going into Scorpio season, so the sun is there. Mercury is there as well, and so is Mars, okay? As well as, I believe, Halloween falls on Tuesday, which is Mars Day, okay? That's a lot of Scorpio energy going on there, so just be aware of your surroundings always and everything just because it is like just a different kind of night. And so people get a little crazy, which is okay. 
but just always, well, as witches, we always have our guard up. I think it's just <laughs> within us, you know, it comes with the, with the trip in, but I'd love to do that. And I just have one quick question I've got to ask involved because I thought it was interesting about protecting your home. Someone said, you just need to get to know your home, not so much protect it. You shouldn't have to protect it as a witch. You should be able to protect your home and have a relationship with it. And I thought that was kind of fascinating right now. So with it being Halloween and people going to different homes, I just thought it was interesting. Do you need to protect your home or is your home protected? I think if you left the front door open, most of the time you won't get robbed. Most of the time, you would be absolutely fine. Most of the time, leaving the front door ajar and you can get away with it. But on the off chance that something a bit rogue decides to go down your road and is having impure thoughts about your possessions, then in that situation, it won't seem like such a great idea. So in exactly the same kind of way, I think having some protection is worth the effort. As a witch, I go around all the doors and windows at infrequent times, maybe once a year, maybe a little more often, and mark a pentagram in the air in front of them and circle it so that nothing good should leave, nothing bad should enter. But even... From Jewish tradition, we've put the mark on the front door to make sure that nobody and nothing bad enters. So it's something that goes back 3,000 years. And the assumption that you don't need protection is, I hate to use this word, a little bit privileged. Right. We could all use a little bit of safety, a little bit of security, just in case. I think there's a lot of safety measures that we take throughout life that might prove to be unnecessary more than 99% of the time. And you are similar age to me. You'll remember the time that there were no safety belts in the back of the car. Right, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right, exactly. It was so uncomfortable when they first came in in the 80s. What is the point of them? It's like, wait a minute. My brother and I used to be able to look behind us as the trucker to like toot his horn and everything. Exactly. You used to be able to pile like four and five kids in the back, depending how skinny. So all of those little security measures that we take throughout life might be unnecessary the majority of the time, but when they are needed, they suddenly turn to be a really, really good idea. So I'm all for protection. In fact, I rarely do any magic that's not for protection and blessings because you never know, you go out there in the world and everything is mixed up. I'd love to say just mixed up. At the moment, it feels like everything is messed up. Right, right. And I literally have bells on the door. Yes, exactly. So when the door (laughs) opens. So we know why. Right. It clear it's right. I know you're a Scorpio. I know you don't leave doors unlocked. If there's one thing I know about Scorpios is that their diary is bound with metal. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so is their heart sometimes. <laughs> yes. Says Laura the Scorpio yep. as well. I'm like, yep, don't cross me once. Oh, uh, so yeah, it should be very fascinating and quite spooky this Halloween just because everything is lining up. And I think the full moon, though, is Thursday, if I'm not, yeah, so not Saturday. No, you know what? Saturday, the 28th, is my dog's 15th birthday. Oh, hey. My little Yorkie, yeah. So, yeah, and my other new puppy is a Scorpio, too, and her birthday is the same as Bella's father's oh. birthday. So, <laughs> so we have a reason oh, to celebrate so now. Yeah, so a lot of Scorpio and... It's just like I said, it's a great time to really just dig deep because if you're listening to this, chances are you want to. So it's okay to go ahead and check those things out and explore. Now's the time to do it. Yeah. So I was wondering to help wrap up our discussion, if you're able to do a card pull for the listener for the time that they hear this episode, it'll be around Halloween. So what they have in store for the upcoming year. Absolutely. So I'm having a lovely shuffle for everyone. And I'm going to pull just the one card, which will hopefully guide us. And it is, in fact, the sun. The sun is a major arcana card and one of the wholly positive ones that tell us that this is a time of rebirth for us as a society. The egg of wisdom is cracking and in it are insights about parts of the world that we didn't know about, about elements of nature that will be new to us. And there are going to be changes at the top tier of politics. There are going to be new trends. Now, this is, Evelyn will be able to help me with that one. I tend to connect that with what's going on with Pluto. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I yes. I so yes. excited. Oh, yeah. Yes. When Pluto first went, uh, so is it about 10 months ago, when it went finally from those 20 years in Capricorn where materialism was celebrated and over practicality and it went into Aquarius that was so much more humanitarian and connected to equality. I was thrilled and some things had changed politically at the time but were short-lived because Pluto then ducked back into Capricorn much to my chagrin. And it's not long now before it jumps back into Aquarius for the next 20 years. So for me, this sun means that everybody is going to be on the same level. And that Pluto in Aquarius is kind of saying the same. Does that resonate with you? Absolutely, because I pulled the Wheel of Fortune. (gasps) So, yes. I think it is important to notice that when there is a change and a change that will occur as we see it, everything that's going on in the world, it can be very uncomfortable to go through change, but it's going to have to happen. Pluto in Aquarius says, hey, listen, this is not working. Let's try and work this out together where, okay, you do this, or you even see like communities coming together or different things like that, where Things are changing as well as Aquarius also rules, like Uranus rules the internet, okay? So you see AI, right? And we see the question whether are they going to be sentient or not? 
Do you know what I mean? There's so many things that are changing. And in addition, people are very scared because there's so many changes that are happening quickly. They feel like they may not get an opportunity. And I'm referring to any type of work where sometimes certain jobs might have to be, for example, my father was a camera tech for absolutely years, worked on cameras. Everyone has a camera now, right? We don't need that. So if you're ever stuck in a situation like that, know that this is a great opportunity to explore those other things and that the wheel of fortune means that things will come and go, that there's going to be that time, that season, like what we're talking about right now, those different seasons where there might be like this feeling of death, but there will be a harvest that comes, but you must be able to see that harvest. And that is the Wheel of Fortune. It's funny that I pulled that card because it often reminds me of In Ball because she pulled that card from me one time. And she told me, you know, you have your highs and you have your lows. And for me, a lot of times they can be very difficult because I am neurodivergent. But know that this too shall pass. And this is a great time to be creative and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do this. Now's the time. Think outside the box. Be that complete weirdo Aquarius I am. (laughs) So Aquarius rising that I am. But really explore those other things. And don't be afraid of it. We're so afraid of it. Forget the fear. It's going to happen whether you want it to or not. Okay. So go on and face it and see how you can work with it instead of fearing it. I think that's really what it's telling us as we move forward, because there will be a lot of changes that are very, very scary, but it's going to help us to really transform because that's what Pluto's all about, whether we like it or not. <laughs> so here we go, 20 years. <laughs> Yeah, here we go. I love that the readings complemented each other. So thank you so much, Imbal. Thank you so much, Evelyn, for your time and for sharing your knowledge and your stories with us and for spending this time with listeners and myself around my favorite holiday of the year. So thank you so much to both of you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And that was another episode of a Guided Life podcast. To connect with me via my socials or for links to my book titled Guided or my card deck called From Your Spirit Guides, please visit my Linktree site at l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash Guided West. Thanks so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.